Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. Everybody and welcome back to Projectile Lunchcast episode 12 already, the Dirty Dozen. Uh, my name is Marcel, I'm super stoked to be back uh, in the country, in the podcast, in this episode. And today I'm here with the dynamic duo of Richard. I'm the dirtiest of the dozen. Well, okay, excellent. And Basti. I have nothing more to add to this. <laughs> so okay, we have really dirty Richard and largely opin- unopinionated Basti. That's a good start, I think. Neutrally dirty Basti. Yes, and today we thought we're going to do something a little bit different. Because, uh, oh, I should also explain why Matt is not here. Explain why Ma- explain uh, Matt's absence. Yes, yes. so uh, if you uh, listened to our last episode, you may remember that Matt talked mad shit about uh, Alan Wake and said it was a walking simulator, essentially. And because of that, we had to send Matt to detention to the rural countryside of England. Yeah. And hopefully a few days of stockpiling food and medicine you know, are going to set that guy straight again. I, I agree. He should have said that it was just simply the weakest remedy game made. I mean, that would have been a lot easier. Just summed it up. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this week, yeah, now that we explain why Matt is not with us and why we're just uh, doing this as a trio, um, yeah, we thought we we're going to do something a little bit different. We don't have a, a, a specific topic set aside that we're going to discuss as in the past. Instead, we want to look at some uh, news items from, from the recent days and talk a little bit about you know what's been going on in our personal gaming lives, what we've been playing, what we enjoyed, what we would highly recommend people should should play. So yeah, I think I think we we figured that you know at, at by episode twelve we should just stop trying, and yeah. this is this is the easiest way. We tried so hard in last. We like, really put episodes, so yeah. much effort into that. Well, we tried so hard, but we also got so far. So yeah, in the hours end, of research. In the end, it doesn't even matter, right? All right. So, um, would you like to start with the news, or would you like to start about? Talking about what Busty's been playing. Let's talk about what we've been playing first. What has Busty been playing? Busty, what have you been playing? I was asking you, Richard. Oh, Busty's been playing Catherine because he's a fucking degenerate. Okay, Busty, what have you been playing? Oh, I've been playing Catherine a lot. <laughs> I like that game. Catherine, full body. The new, that's the new one. That is a new one. The new, this new is one. re-release, remake. That's not a remake. It's a... You know, it's a little bit kind of like Persona Royale or Persona yeah. Golden. So they're adding to it. Yeah, a lot of stuff, apparently. Like, a shit ton of stuff. Like, if you played Catherine before, for the people uh, who don't know what that is, it is actually hard to explain. Yeah. Imagine um, a graphic novel, Persona-style novel. No, not really. It is a puzzle game. So, at its core, it's a puzzle (laughs) game, but it's a story-driven puzzle game Mm -hmm. where you play a man who is in a relationship and all of a sudden his life becomes more complicated uh, with a second um, woman coming mm-hmm. into his life mm-hmm. and he is having an affair, uh, we, we should should name it alright, and uh, while he sleeps in the night he's uh, kind of sucked into a weird dimension 
That's uh, where the persona idea comes in, where he has to escape his uh, inner thoughts, uh, probably guilt and nightmares uh, by climbing up boxes as a sheep. Is he a sheep? Yes. He's got little horns. No, right? like like he exactly. He got a horn, but you you don't look like a sheep except for the horns. You're yeah. just wearing your underpants. Always the same underpants. I'm at end. Yeah. Uh, having a, a pillow. A nice comfy pillow in your arm, uh, mm-hmm. having horns, but everyone in that nightmare world, because the gist is a little bit like Persona, that everyone who, let's say, has an affair or ah. issues in his, maybe not the right mindset yeah. or doing stupid stuff when yeah. it comes to treating their girlfriend, etc., is get sucked into this dimension and appears as a sheep. Okay. So you see everyone as a sheep and all the other people see you as a sheep. That's yeah. the story drift. That's how so I see most people. Would you say edgy. this game is a social commentary on anime fans? Wake up, partially, sheeple. Partially. Like, there is... To be honest, when it comes to the story of Catherine, I really like the story, but I also have to admit there are certain parts where, at least being in 2019, they feel a little bit odd. When you're familiar with like uh, anime content in any shape or form, yeah. you know that there's some stuff which might be cultural a little bit sensitive. Okay. Here in Europe or in the Western world. Can you give an example? In general, ideas of uh, male toxicity, etc., how I you see. treat women. So, so the, the, the weird thing about Catherine is that when it comes to the story, it goes deeply into the idea that what you are doing um, how you treat your, your wife, how you treat your girlfriend, etc., is shit, that you are a scumbag. And a lot of pl- uh, characters in that world will tell you um, that you are a scumbag. And there are like a lot of moral elements. But let's say, without spoiling too much, how some of that situations get solved yeah. is a little bit on thin ice. I, just, I mean, typically, Japan don't give a fuck about yeah. this sort of stuff. Right? Yeah, they give... Like, I appreciate that for Japanese content, mm-hmm. they give a surprising huge amount okay. of fuck. Okay. What they so usually it's, don't it's do. J- Japanese progressive. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff. There's Put that a, on a t shirt. As an example, there's a trans character in that game, okay. etc., which okay. is yeah. usually never seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't see that a lot of content. But they also, Atlas, which is a publisher, had to uh, change a lot of the stuff for the English localization of that game because they realized, oh, there's a lot of not-so-cool stuff in the Japanese version, and they changed that, so the, the end result on the on the Western market is way better and sensitive in that regards, but if you're aware, you know that they had to cut out a lot of like uh, like smaller parts of the game where some of the implication stuff they did is absolutely not cool. I figure you hear more about that. People usually tend to get a little up in arms. There are polygon articles about that. Of course. Not surprisingly. Well, um, I mean, the other way around. Not from not from polygon. Yeah, yeah. Like from the from the pure anime fan, they, they got really mad at yeah. games like Fire Emblem or, exactly, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, like Treehouse hating. Yeah, but th- these are people where... Uh, Marcel has some strong opinions on people like this one, right? I have strong opinions on people playing Catherine. <laughs> oh, so coming back here's to the question. game. Sorry, sorry. Here's yeah. a question for you. So uh, this is from Atlas, right? Yeah. So let me guess. It is a full price new game, and there's no way to upgrade your existing full game purchase yeah. to get the new content. Uh-huh. How the fuck do they get away with this stuff in 2019? I also, I also don't understand how how they they continue to do this. I mean, this is just the same thing. Like I, you guys know, I loved Persona. Persona Five is a is a fantastic game. Love the whole series, but they're doing the same thing with the Royal. So, yes and no. Like, there was... When, when was Pers- uh, when was Catherine released? What, the 316 P3 title? Uh, probably... Yeah. Eight, seven years ago? Right. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, so it, was a, it, it was the last gen. 
Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, so this is the good third or third iteration of this game. Okay. So then, in this case, it's it's really it's just a remaster, like with new content or something. Yes. So it is okay. HD. They changed a lot of content. Like in the sense of, I was surprised because I played all the way through last gen. Uh, I was surprised how much they changed in a way that some 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 elements are completely different there are completely new angles there's a new character new anime cutscenes new 3d cutscenes new it, voice acting if you've played Catherine before is it is it that much different is it yeah. okay so it's almost so it's yeah. a remaster director's cut or something yeah a lot of extra content but i mean that's still you know this, they're still doing the same i think i think the yeah with persona so it could be i mean maybe that's that's also a ton of content but again like the, that game is a uh, 100 hours plus they offer a new game plus already, but you can't play the new content unless you get the new yeah. edition. So, that, I don't know. They yes. they they've got, they, they, but they they Atlas is also pretty decent at making games with dedicated fan bases that are totally okay. They they seem to be okay. I mean, like like if the market bears it, you know, if they've got enough sales out of it, I I can see why they wouldn't stop. I guess I, yeah. it's it's just weird to me because you know, obviously these days people talk a lot about you know. Uh, consumer rights or whatever in gaming sure. like that's like they, they do two things that f- for me personally as a gamer like make them an absolute no-go that i would never want to support okay one is the whole uh, re-releasing something okay so again like it, this doesn't apply to catherine because you know it's it's last gen whatever but like with persona a game that came out in this console generation re-releasing that as a full price title again totally without being that that is that is to so me you're, you're gonna buy the royal yeah, and I will feel bad about it. That's ridiculous to me. The other thing is that I think, personally, is unacceptable in this day and age is uh, making your fans wait like a year or something to localize a game. Yeah. Come on, it's not that... Uh, or it's or not that difficult. It's not rocket science. I agree to a certain... Like, like their localization is pretty good, though. Their localization is pretty good. And with Japanese, you have a lot of like issues when it comes to, to... Or let's say hurdles and challenges when it comes to translations, which you usually don't have because the way the language is structured, there's a lot of like cultural differences. And then you end up... If you rush it, you end up with a situation where sometimes stuff gets a completely different meaning or is completely out of context. And if you have a, especially a story-driven game... It can be rough. I mean, I think they they, they do um, they do get away with it in terms of like, like you said, if they're if they're addressing these kind of social issues and really paying attention to the localization to make it work for markets outside of Japan. Yeah, that probably buys them a little bit of time. I don't know about a year. I, I think Atlas is kind of famous for for the stereotypical Japanese uh, marketing fumble. Like with the what blocking all streaming of Persona, oh, stuff yeah. like that. Like it's it's just very weird to me that like it, like Japanese developers seem to be only developers in the world who are unable to localize a game during development and have to wait till sure. it's finished. That seems. But I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of that comes back to like they're looking at returns and they're looking at what's working and what's not working. And I mean, the the thing is, you're not going to be able to get another. There's not a lot of competition in whatever genre Catherine is, or you know JRPGs. <laughs> that is hard to tell. Yeah, like you're not going to be able to get another uh, SMT game no. from from anyone else. No. You're not going to be able to get another Catherine from anyone else. And I think fans of that stuff are a little more patient on, a little more sweet on it. So maybe it's really they're just content with what they've gotten. They're they're not looking to really. Uh, I I don't know that if they if they were able to bring those games out faster translation wise, or if they were were able to. To do package more stuff, you know, like bring it back out. If they're getting more fans, I don't know how many how many players that aren't interested in that those kind of genres at all are going to be like, oh man, you know, it's coming out quick, or it's it's the it's the bundle, you know, like I don't know 
how much of a margin they're going to be able and, to bring in. And it has a lot of like fan service from art galleries where you get a shit ton of really good artwork when you play okay. the game to uh, the voice acting. Yours. So you have all the familiar voices from Persona plus Troy Baker. Need that Troy Baker. You need that Troy Baker. Um, so you will have a lot of familiar voices, similar art style it's like Persona. super jarring when I hear Troy Baker yeah. in, 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 in a lot of Japanese games sometimes. Or Nolan North. Like playing Resonance of Fate, yeah, and like that being super a little a little J, yeah, and having Nolan North kind of come in there, it's just a little, it's, it was just, a little just, jarring. Just uh, remember Saints Row, pick yeah. your voice, voice <laughs> made one, North two, voice three, fan. Nolan North. It's beautiful. So okay. I mean, what, what, what's your what's your favorite Catherine moment so far? My favorite Catherine moment. Yeah, sell me on Catherine. So what is really magical about Catherine, about the actual gameplay of that game, is that at the beginning you struggle. It's a puzzle game, whatever, but it's very like rhythmic. You you have a time uh, element, so you have to be quick, etc. But that moment when you realize and everything comes into place, and you you get that muscle memory and that idea of like mastering the game, and then become really really quick and really really uh, versatile and like ascending that block mountain. Yeah. It is hypnotizing. It is even if people just watch you playing, super hypnotizing and great to watch. It's like a rhythm game when when everything clicks and just it flows, right? That yeah. is absolutely magic about Catherine. What I love, and are I you, usually hate puzzle games. Are you gonna play any of the competitive modes? No, no, no. But they I have, ca- the, they have Catherine esports. Yeah, but I played the the. Uh, uh, we started with the remix mode, which is completely new, more harder puzzles than oh, the original okay. game. Okay, you jumped in on the expert floor. Yeah. That's all right. So Catherine is, yeah. a, is a recommended yeah for Persona fans, weird puzzle games, or Animu fans, or uh, just Animu. fans of weird games because that game is uh, pretty weird. All right, not bad. Marcel, what have you been playing in your absence? Uh, I've been playing a lot of stuff recently. Hit I uh, finished uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Ooh, how was it? Verdict. Uh, torn. Verdict is torn. So um, it's a Natalie Ambrulia out of ten. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I even like you know, like the characters and the chatter that a lot of people seem to hate. Um, you have a brother, right? I have a sister. Like from from that experience, how was it writing? From knowing the knowing the 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 wonder of having a younger brother, a brother, I believe. Yes. And growing up with them as a teenager. Um, I, my brother, I very rarely. Talked about our daddy killing Adolf Hitler. How many times have we you did? Guys we did a few times, murdered but Nazis. Not, not too much. So not you know, it's much, yeah. so, like a lot of the stuff that they talk about is is not the typical, I guess, teenage. Uh-huh. But yeah, you know, overall, I still like that. But uh, a few things I really did not enjoy is um, there was way too much backtracking. So I think there's like three or four uh, open Paris street maps. How open are we talking here? Like Dishonored uh, style. Yeah, it goes another like way. You're not, you're not, you're not Arcane, Arcane did the did the yeah. level design for this, ah, okay, so yeah, it, it, yeah you, so the, the ideas are like it's quite nice. There's tons of tons of uh, cool little um, collectibles to find. You know, some fleshing out the backstory, some just humorous stuff. Um, that is just too much way way too much backtracking. Like there's a ton of side quests, and they always send you back to the same few streets. So by the, by the fifth time you go to the same place, like yeah, okay, it's maybe get I mean, a bit they did some of that in now. In Wolfenstein 2, right? Yeah, with the Uber Commanders, but usually you just went there like once or maybe a second time if you want to grab all the collectibles. Mm-hmm. But you don't get go there constantly to the same stuff. And stuff. they have levels now, right? They Everything is leveled. It's RPG style now, which oh, I, I didn't yeah. have a problem with that per se. That, okay. was, that was okay. What was annoying is they have two different kinds of armor. 
Then you have, you know, like the the weapons that I don't know what they're called. Like you have the the weapons, like you know, either they have like armor that is like in big blocks or like tons of very small blocks you know, that you see in the health bar, so you know which weapon to use against them. But even if you had the right weapon, and even if you're like really powered up, like sometimes they're very bullet spongy. And that was after the, the recent patch that already reduced the bullet sponginess a lot. So is that supposed to be like because balancing for two two players? Could be honestly, I don't know. Um, it's it's kind of weird. Like you you get to a point where like uh, those those street levels, yeah. you pretty much blaze through them. Which again then is kind of weird because you have to go there even in the late game when you get new side quests, you go there again and. Tons of a ton of guys you you, you just instantly kill you know, so, and then there's those other guys who's just it's just a few types of enemies that are super bullet spongy and it's a bit weird overall it's, it's still like it's a super fun game I mean it's it's also a very cheap game honestly it's like thirty bucks what's it it was thirty bucks at launch and how was it how was it playing alone uh, I just played it alone by myself because um, I don't have any friends it's true and uh, verified it was good yeah I just picked one of my two characters I picked Zofia. Is the other one in there with you? Is it AI? She's constantly with me, yes. So they could banter. Yeah, but is she shooting bad guys? She's oh, yeah. Useful. She, yeah. She, she shoots bad guys. She resurrects me when I get too cocky. Oh, God. That's a best lot of... Bur- I've played games with you, and man. <laughs> best, <laughs> she's, the, she's probably the best virtual sister I've had in a long time. I'm surprised you're... Twin you're, sister. You're Maybe even the best twin sister I've ever had virtually. What's the second best? Uh, virtual sister? Yeah. Um, Here we go. You probably have a sister like in one of the Bioware games, right? Like you have a sister in Andromeda. Help me, Daddy Bioware. <laughs> you have a sister in Andromeda, definitely. Um, Todd Howard's my sister. Imo in 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 Baldur's Gate is your half sister, yeah. right? full sister. No half. I half sister, right? I think half sister. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're all you're all ball spawn, so. Um, so yeah, I played that. That's good. I played. Um, you say a, ball spawn? A ball, yeah. Oh, but like B A A L. B H A A L ball like a bad a demon like the god of death. You can't death. just throw out words like "Hey, we're all ball spawn" and not expect that to get picked up. No, like like ball. You know, like throne of ball, the expansion. Yeah. To to um, Baldur's Gate two. <laughs> Seriously, get your mind on the god. I'm sorry, it's, you know demons. Um, I, I still I'm still playing Control, which is a phenomenal game. I yeah. can't praise enough. Yeah. Everybody should play it, oh, yeah, especially yeah. Matt. This is the one that redeems Remedy in his eyes, you think? No, or is it Remedy is just a fantastic developer? Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. But like, if 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 you maybe fell off after the Max Payne's, you know, Alan Wake was. Yeah, it's it's just like it's it it looks absolutely phenomenal. Like it's it's easily one of the best looking games I've ever seen. And you're playing on PC. uh, I was if you have a a card that does ray tracing, that is the killer app. Okay. Like because I've had a ray tracing card for a year, and like so far, it's it's usually been a. I have a really, really overpriced graphics card that yeah. has a lot of performance, but you know there was rarely ever but something you, you where, you, up, where like, you said this really takes makes that takes advantage of the ray tracing. The control looks absolutely phenomenal. You you essentially get to knock five dollars off that graphics card every time you get to drop it in a sentence, right? No, it's like your humble brag discount. I don't use. But it's worth the ray tracing. That's kind of cool because I mean, like, after, I think it, it is a. If you, I'm not saying you you should spend a thousand bucks for this game. Yeah. But if you have a ray tracing card and you haven't played Control, I would absolutely encourage you to I play mean, Control. I mean, they should probably show. They, they should show a little more of that because I mean, I think most of the stuff you see on ray tracing prior was like Quake or Minecraft or something a little. Yeah, like, like at Gamescom cool they announced like a, that a ton of stuff that's coming. Uh, yeah. It looks really cool in Cyberpunk. Yeah. It looks cool in Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah. Uh, Modern Warfare looks pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's about time. But yeah, Control is still like the, the most stunning example. It, it's probably also, uh, I don't want to sound too fanboyish, but it's 
it's like probably the first time in a long time where I've played a video game and I thought to myself, holy shit, these graphics. Okay. Like, uh, so it's been a while, you know, because console generations getting longer and stuff like that. It, it, usually these days you don't see so often a game where you think, holy shit, this is, this is crazy. I'm a bit curious here because um, I like Quantum Break. But I found that Quantum Break is visually very, very good. I like the art style, the visuals, etc. I like the gameplay, but everything outside of the visuals I found solid as best. A little bit shallow. Is Control, outside of the visual fidelity, a better game than Quantum Break and what makes it better? So first of all, if you keep talking about Remedy like that, Bust, you're going to find yourself in a farm somewhere in rural England next week. So careful. And, yeah, well, I will uh, follow up just to just to add to that. So we all know that Alan Wake wasn't that great, Fuck but uh, <laughs> yeah, no. But I, he's got a point. Like, so, so I feel kind of the same way about Remedy. Like, I pick up one of their games. I know true story, and I told this. Uh, Sorry, I, I told this to a guy from um, from Remedy that I know, yeah. like at Gamescom. I don't want to say that I'm an Alan Wake fan, mm-hmm. but should I ever get married? Yeah, there's every chance that that my girlfriend or then wife and I would like somewhere at our wedding uh, a party would have a. The song from Alan Wake. The playing. metal song? At War. The song is called War from Poet of the, uh, Poets of the Fall. Yes. You know, the typical wedding first dance to war. Well, if you listen to it, it's, it's not about war. It's, it's just a, a beautiful romantic song and uh, it fits perfectly to that game. You were saying, <laughs> Richard, before that. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think Remedy games, when you pick them up and play them, like, uh, I think they've always kind of nailed that, uh, that gunplay stuff. Um, done done a lot of great gameplay, but but it's a lot of the surrounding elements sometimes that either fall flat or are not so um, memorable. Uh, do you think that this one is is? I mean, since they were obviously memorable to you, do you think that this is like markedly better? Do you do you like the setting? Do you like the uh, the story and everything? So I think Alan Wake is fantastic again, but it's 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 in every uh, in every category or whatever you want to look at, it's a better game than Quantum Break. Yeah, absolutely. How many people in control say Omega-3 fatty acids? What? That's what the bad guys in Alan Wake would say. You know, man, I thought you were a fan. I really like Alan Wake. It's a much better game than Quantum Break. Um, again, like the, the graphics are fantastic, but that also contributes to the fact like it's... So when I first heard about the game, I was like, hey, you know, it's just set inside one building. I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound cool, so interesting. But like, uh, some of the zones look very, very different inside yeah. a building. Again, because of like how the light comes together, the, the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, when when sh- stuff shifts around in a building, it looks really, really cool. Okay. And like, you, you really get that sense of like, hey, no, I'm in a building in New York, ostensibly, but like, yeah, it's a really, really foreign place. So I think like they really nailed that that sense of place and atmosphere in the game. That's awesome. Uh, it's the first game also in a while, even more so than Wolfenstein, where I'm really like actively looking for all the collectibles I can find because there's a ton of world building, yeah. like ton of lore, little lore mm-hmm. bits, ton of references to some interesting real world events that happen where they try to place that into the, the lore of the game. There's uh, several uh, references to um, Alan Wake. There's mm-hmm. some cool references to other games like Half-Life 2 or so. Well, they, 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 referenced, they referenced Alan Wake by hinting at an expansion featuring, yes? Yes, that as yeah. well. This, they announced the first uh, the two expansions coming in. The second one uh, has the Alan Wake, you know, parts of the Alan Wake artwork in the artwork for the new expansion. So yeah, chances are it's going to show called up And it's called Awe. Yeah, but that stands for, stands for Altered World Events. Not Alan Wake games. Expansion? Could Aww. be. But uh, they constantly talk about awesome games and Altered World Events. I, I see, I see. But Bright Falls, what happened there with Alan Wake, is a Altered World event within I the see. lore of Control. So. Oh, cool. Interesting. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Do they tie in any game. of the other games in there? 
Uh, I haven't seen anything to Max Payne, but then again, they don't own Max yeah, Payne as Rockstar. Well, more like... Uh, uh, I believe Quantum Break is owned by Microsoft, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Wow. So I think, you know, Alan Wake... Uh, uh, maybe there's a reference to Death Rally I, I haven't seen or found how yet. Many, so. How many SMV cutscenes out of 10 would you give that game? There's no cutscenes. Is what? There's, there's no, no FMV no, video no content? Oh, oh yeah, there is. Yeah, oh, there is actually a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see, there is. Uh, you you constantly and that. Yeah, so uh, it's funny. Like you play this game, and after ten minutes or so, you think this is a remedy game mm-hmm. because like they have. I think they have a certain style. Uh, the, the mix between the action, the lighting, always is very stands out to me in their games. Um, again, like the, all the FMV stuff, you know. Uh, so they have a absolutely creepy. Like if I if I wake up screaming the next time, it's probably because I dreamt of that of that puppet show from Control. Okay. You you see that? You're like, what the fuck is this? Uh, so um, is there any Captain Baseball Batman? Uh, no, or, but again, that's that's my pain. So Baseball Bat Boy. Uh, Captain Baseball Kit, wasn't it? Uh, you're the remedy. Super. F- Sam, believe, he's sorry. He's I just believe, tired. I believe Captain Baseball Bat Kid or something okay. like that. But that, that that the Captain Baseball Kid IP was packaged up. Went it's, with him. It's part of, of Max Payne, right? Was it in Max Payne Three? But then again, no. there's very little in Max Payne Three that is that this is, is in Max Payne One and Two. It's still a good game. It is. Uh, that I recommend. It is. Like, I really like the gameplay in Three. But yeah, so that is uh, Max Payne, and uh, well, we're already. I, I have so much more to talk about how amazing Control is, and everybody who's listening right now should play Control. I could also talk about Marvel Ultimate Alliance three or Gears, but I guess we have to pretend that we care about Richard, what Richard's been playing. You're playing games. Wait, Richard? I can do this. Wait. <clears throat> hey, Richard, what have you been playing? Uh, a game that oh, is God, way better than Marvel Ultimate Alliance three or Gears. Doubt on the second part. How, yeah, how's that Ultimate Alliance treating you? It's a fun game. Okay. Uh, I've been playing uh, Monster Hunter Iceborne. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the new expansion for Monster Hunter World. And it is in-depth. Uh, most importantly, at the top, uh, as we all know, in the base Monster Hunter World, you had a, uh, a huge jacked cat cooking stuff for you. Perfect. And talking about gains, and he was called the Meowskular Chef. Um, and in, in in Iceborne, uh, his teacher, uh, at Cat Granny, is cooking for you now. So you have a new new cooking cat. That's important. Sorry, Control. Yeah, it's I mean, hard to compete. Why don't you ray trace me cat? a cooking cat? Don't think so. There's not a graphic card in the world that can render that. But um, and so so Iceborne's the 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 first, and I don't know if it's going to be only expansion. I mean, we're getting a little long in the tooth for for the consoles that it was released on and uh, I think by the time the next consoles are out most of the content should be available for the PC version. Um, yeah, talking of, right? Yeah, right. Um, talking about Japanese developers. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always a fun one. So we, we the, on console, the, the expansion came out, it, it'll come out for PC in December, January? Nothing January. January, so yeah, a bit of a five month difference there. But uh, it's it's stellar, It's it's more Monster Hunter. Um, they added a new area, uh, a shitload of new monsters, and um, you know if you guys get into any of the Monster Hunter stuff, like something you do is is when you pick one of the the fourteen like available weapons, you really kind of get into it. It's they've each got a, a move set, a way that you're approaching fights and how you're playing, and that that one um, added small moves to each of them. So there's ways to, to increase your kind of mobility. Like I, I'm playing Gunlance. It's a small, it's a much slower, kind of tankier sort of weapon. So like if I'm fighting fast monsters, 
it's really difficult to get on them. But now I've got you know like a grappling hook, so I can just kind of grapple onto that monster's face. Oh, I've seen I've seen a lot of like video clips about that. It looks yeah. amazing. How so it's like the, jumping on a real huge bat with that grappling hook. Yeah, and then, yeah. Nargakuga. What? That's the name of that bat. Ah. Yeah. It's really cool. So, I mean, all the, the, the new monsters are great, um, and the variants are not um, not just, like, palette swaps. They're, they're really... They're, they play different... How many, how many monsters in total? Oh, you'd have three. Three what? Monster. What? No. I just want to say Slightly something. more than three. Uh, I don't know. Five. I'm only, I'm only um, a little bit into... To, I feel like a little bit in. I, I think I've fought, like, five or six in the, the expansion, but... I don't know, Marcel. Can you can you maybe uh, can you can you run the old Google Foo machine to see how many monsters are in Monster Hunter? Because I, I I want to guess in Monster um, in Monster World Hunter or World, in Iceborne. Uh, yeah, you can we can kind of add them up. I want to guess that it brings it close to forty in total 40-ish? or added in total. Okay, in total. I mean, they they did add a they did Still add like a bunch, the yeah. the the, the uh, uh, animation quality of the rigs and stuff like the the it's level of stellar, detail yeah. which goes into Wait, that. so it seems that yeah. uh, according to the IGN guide for Iceborne, yeah. Monster Hunter World features thirty one large monsters, both old and new, and an additional seventeen small monsters. Yeah, so which is to what 50, my mother yeah. used to call me. Wow, small monster, no, large I monster. Just, I just said that. Okay. Well, yeah. So, so I mean, they're they're all there. They're all um, really. It is a boss fight game. I mean, you know, yeah. I think maybe your first mission in Monster Hunter is fighting the little stuff that kind of populates the world. But from then on out, you're you're fighting a big monster in every mission. That's kind of the crux of the mission, and you can do your your free play stuff to to get a ton of of, of extra side stuff. But um, but yeah, each one of those fights is is like personal and and getting to know how that how that monster moves and. What what it's what it's weak to how it's going to behave. Uh, you do feel like you're you're prepping a lot, which I kind of like the idea of of the big hunt. It's it's getting all your gear straight, getting all your items. Kind of you you only have a little bit of hints about what you're getting into if you've never fought it before. It's like this this guy's a crazy poison thing, and you're like, all right, I better I better get ready to yeah. deal with poison. Um, it's it, it might be weak to certain other elements, like you know, if it's it's, it's an ice monster. You're gonna want to bring some fire, maybe stuff like that. Um, and then, and then once you get into that that open world, you're you're just doing a basic kind of tracking thing. But uh, but yeah, that, that, the the expansion is is absolutely uh, stellar for me. Like it's it's really really fun. I've had a lot of great fights in that so far, and uh, I'm hoping to keep that train rolling because because um, like the, the Monster Hunter World in it on its own had an insane amount of content, just an insane yeah. amount of content, and they keep adding free stuff to that all the time. This is the first. Paid DLC they've had on that thing. This but, is actually the first one. So, okay, so so let me clarify for microtransaction heads like that is the first paid expansion. Okay, um, most okay. of the paid DLC stuff is laughable. Like it's like here's three bucks for a emote. Like you can do a sure you can. Like that stuff is a little. Oh yeah. Yeah, that stuff's a little cringy. But um, the amount of free stuff that they've put in there is nuts. The amount of tie-ins in addition to that that they put in there is oh, there's nuts. There's like yeah, Street Fighter stuff, Dante's in there. Yeah, right? Street there's Fighter, Witcher, Dante, Mega Pop Man, The Witcher, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn has a bunch of stuff in there. Cool. And they're also, they've, they've announced that they're doing a, uh, since Iceborne's about a frozen continent, they're doing a Horizon... Frozen waste. What's it called? The frozen wild. Frozen wild. Yeah. The, whatever the whatever the um, horizon expansion that was all icy. They're yeah, gonna yeah. do a tie in with that as well. Frozen wonder winterland. Frozen wonder winterland. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. So they they do and the, the tie ins are really spectacular. I mean, 
just playing the Witcher mission alone uh, essentially guarantees that this is the best Witcher game available on the market now. That's so the dumbest thing you've said. If you're a Witcher fan, <laughs> if you're a Witcher fan, you know, like really get on board. I think it's time to put like the you know the Witcher three to bed and uh, and play some some Monster Hunter featuring Geralt. But they do that, like so they they change it all up. Normally, like when you're investigating uh, before you before you fight a monster, it's just like you're you're following the the kind of breadcrumb trail of tracks and scratches to the monster. Yeah. It's, it's not super involved. But when they uh, when they do a tie-in, or at least for a lot of the later tie-ins, when they do a tie-in, it's like you're playing as Geralt. He's actually talking to people and he's doing the the Witcher investigation. He's like, oh, this 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 beak is not from an herbivore. Something caused this. Well, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I guess you know, like uh, I try to get into Monster Hunter right yeah. now. It's a little bit tough for me because I don't have much time and going getting into that game. Coming from Dauntless, don't judge me for that. Must. Which was a very Dauntless experience, very easy to get into. <laughs> At a certain point, I was missing that kind of like tracking or more preparation. Yes, you have to find the right build, aka weapons, armor, etc., for, for mm. uh, later bosses and Dauntless. But it was so much condensed and so easy to just get into everything that I was like, it felt always a little bit meaningless in a way. Yeah. Like the sense of achievement at the end when I defeated the boss was not really in, there. In but, Dauntless, you mean? Yeah, in Dauntless. Yeah. But the world in Monster Hunter world yeah. is holy. Like the, the level of detail, the level of like visual quality oh, sure. and animations and everything around you, it sucks you right in. I really, really enjoyed that so far. I just have to, to uh, get hooked. Yeah, yeah, I think it was my, my cat cat companion helps me greatly. Helps me greatly. How they, much Palico content is in Iceborne? A ton of Palico based content. I'm so, yeah, there's there's a bunch of new uh Master take vacation next week. So that you yeah, so that we can just talk about Monster Hunter? Yeah. Is that the idea? I see. I should take vacation. I thought you wanted to take vacation so you can play with the Palico. Yeah. What? 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 What does he want the- we want you to dress up like a cat, Marcel, and uh, speak only in cat memes. You can do this. Yeah, we'd believe in you. I usually am more a dog meme person. So I mean, it, 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 I think it, it, I'm not sure if it's it's such a big um, heavy seller to get people that haven't played Monster Hunter World into Monster Hunter. I mean, that's kind cat of premise. the whole thing because um, you could play as them in other Monster Hunters, so you could be a cat person. In, in some of the older ones but I, I mean I think that was the base of Monster Hunter World is like the change of the, the quality of life stuff um, making everything a lot easier the lack of kind of loading in zones and, and everything like that that is a much easier entry point into this series and this just builds on it so I don't think I don't think uh, Iceborne is going to be the thing where it's like man I missed out on Monster Hunter World for now need to get into it now but I mean if you have put a lot of hours into the base game like I have. Like it is all super fresh. The the additions are all all really appreciated. They they kind of got me over my end game slump of 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 world. Like it kind of kickstarted me into a lot of the stuff that I had been unable to do or gated out of or or just hadn't gotten around to. It's really good. How many cat chefs out of ten? Uh, two, because there's only two. Ah, oh, okay. You can't have ten if they if they had ten cat chefs. That's a whole standalone game. What was the cat's name again? The Meowskiller chef. Yeah. Or the Grand Meowster chef. No, the Meowskiller. Yeah, he does frequently talk about games. He's the best man because like his his first couple of cooking animations, like he has this whole team, uh, like throwing together meals for you, and that's all very elaborate. They're like flipping pepper shakers and like cutting up stuff, and the, you know the 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 game's famous for its like giant food and all that stuff. But at the end of every like. 15 second animation of these guys 
delicately preparing food, the chef just comes in and does something very trivial, like uh, like with precision. So like somebody's like roasting a bunch of chickens, and at the end he puts in like the paper thing so you can hold the uh, the chicken leg. But it like gets close up on his face, like he's really concentrating on. It. He's like, ah, perfect. I'm like that's his contribution, and then he flexes. Catster Hunter World Catborn Meowsters Edition. That's the news. Well, that was um, something. Yeah. No, we had some news, right? Very nice. We do have some news, right? Um, well, yeah, there's, there's been some gaming news that are probably worth discussing or uh, hearing. I, I will pretend that I would like to hear your thoughts on these. Okay, okay, okay. I have opinions. Is that I thought you guys color? were going to join in. That was the news. Oh, 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 oh. Nobody okay. joined in. Okay, okay. So, um, so yeah, um, there's been some gaming news. One of the interesting ones, so last week Gears 4, 5 came out, Gears which 5. is the, I believe, seventh game in the Gears of War series franchise. <laughs> what? What, are the, what are the other two? There's Judgment. What was that? That's with Baird. That was the one, yeah, that was the one before the, 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 the prequel to Gears 1 that was done by People Can Fly of Bulletstorm fame. Mm. With Baird. And it was, I quite liked it, like it was controversial, but uh, it, they had more of a focus on like, you know, smaller, smaller, like a little bit arcade-like levels. So it was a little bit different. It was less sweeping epic story, more like, hey, here's some fun combat scenarios. Okay. And there was um, a Gears Pop. What? what the fuck? It's a Pop's gear thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the mobile game. That was obviously yeah. a main entry into the series. I didn't say main entry. I said games. In the I think it's probably story-wise the most important entry. Okay, so uh, Gears Five came out. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's been on Game Pass. Yeah. And uh, yesterday or earlier this week, Microsoft announced that it is the biggest Microsoft uh, Game Studios launch this console generation. Mm-hmm. It's had three million players. Um, over the weekends, and they contrasted and said that the last time a, a Microsoft game was played this much in the first week was Halo 4, which was all the way seven years ago. Sure. So it's been a major hit, all, all that. However, if you look at sales numbers, it's been doing somewhat poorly. Both uh, in retail, uh, the, the, the uh, concurrent numbers on Steam aren't that impressive. So, you know, so right now the, the discussion is based on which part of the console wars, you know, if, if you're a Xbox <laughs> or a Sony, either yeah. like, man, it's amazing, super successful, 3 million players, or people saying, well, of course, you have to mention the players because nobody bought the game. And it's, it's just Game Pass. So, you yeah. know, that's, what, where, what, what's, your, what's your thought on that whole? Just Game Pass is also a thing because, uh, um, I mean, we're going into direction with like gaming subscription, etc. Let's say a scenario where 80% of all people who played Gears got it via Game Pass, as long as the player numbers are really high, it's good, right? No, I don't know. I mean, because you're not it's paying not as much money. for Game Cat Pass as you're paying for a $60 game, right? It depends of the, like what I don't know, is it depends on the, on the business model of, of Microsoft, how they... Um, create a revenue stream out of that for the studio. Yeah, still, the customer is not giving you the same okay, amount of so, money to play Gears as they are for Game Pass. But, but yeah, but, but coming from, from TV subscriptions, mm-hmm. as an example, often companies like Netflix, etc., they create sometimes shows mm-hmm. which cost millions, mm-hmm. do not recoup the investment in any stretch of imagine, but it is about having that kind of like offer 
that value in the storefront, which people make like, oh, I want to have like a Netflix subscription. Right. Yeah. So you, which I think I think you're right. They're doing that with Gears. Exactly, and you need that kind of like uh, absolutely kick-ass, visually impressive, etc. Titles so that people. Sure after Gears stay on Game Pass and maybe play other games as well so there's like a lot of like value in that which does not break down to yes they're paying 50 bucks instead of 60 for, for Gears I mean I think you kind of got the, the pieces of, of the story together right it's it's and you can interpret how that's successful however you want like sure like um, yeah the MPD is becoming less and less relevant like they're yeah. not tracking digital sales. There's a large amount of digital sales, so I, you know, people throw out MPD numbers, and it's like fantastic. Yeah. Well, they track digital sales if you, if you give them to them as a publisher. Right. So they don't track digital sales. No, some some companies do. I mean, not as effectively as you get what I'm saying, right? Like, I mean, they, yes, they but I like don't to necessarily. Pick an yeah. With you. Even with your nitpicking, I think my uh, my my sentiment is true. It's not an effective tracking method if the I publisher think you're is announcing face. it. Solid I rhetoric. caught you off track, eh? Solid rhetoric. Got you there. Um, so you have that. And then you have the, the concurrent Steam numbers. But again, uh, if you're if you're on Game Pass, you're not on Steam, right? Yeah, the game on, is on Steam. The game is on Steam. Course, but if you're yeah, on Game yeah. Pass, you're, game you're playing it on, on Steam, Xbox um, Store. Or PC. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Xbox, yeah, yeah, PC, yeah, yeah, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, you're not yeah, playing yeah. it on Steam. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, 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 there's ways that both of those statements are true. Yeah, a lot of people are playing Gears. Uh, and they're playing it because... That's a good selling point for the Game Pass. How relevant are those other sales? Is is getting down to it to a thing. The only thing that, that kind of strikes me as interesting is that, and I'm not sure if Microsoft's the one to do it, but when publishers typically do these calls or these these releases and they say, "Look, we're super successful with this," I think if it was a monetary success, they might put a number on it instead of just talking about players, like like you said in the beginning, like. I think if it was sell, the, the best-selling Xbox game, but but can they even say that? Yeah, I mean, like that that, that would be a question. How do you, how yeah. do you you know add the numbers up from? Uh, and uh, to be honest, like you know, um, I, I like Microsoft's games sometimes, mm-hmm. but um, they do have a history of making very very specific statements. I remember uh, when uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider came out, a lot of people thought uh, claimed it was a flop. Yeah. They afterwards said that it was the what was it the highest selling new action adventure game whatever you were like <laughs> it, it, was the, it was the only one coming up I, I can't remember what the exact wording was highest but selling Tomb Raider game in the last twenty four hours looked, yeah, you were like it's also the only game that fits that criteria yeah, that sure. came out that, okay, yeah. that, that, that month so, you know it's um, but no but, I mean like, I mean the, the whole thing it's very interesting um, I, I'm very torn on it so as um, as a gamer. Uh, I did that whole during E3 when they had like, hey, pay us a dollar or something. Yeah, you, and you can it. Yeah, you upgrade gotta, and combine yeah. your, your existing subscriptions. And I did that. And then as I watched uh, the E3 conference from Microsoft, I realized, hey, all these first party games, all this cool stuff coming from all you know, like uh, Obsidian and Exile, what have you, all the way until fall 2020, I can play that without ever dropping a single additional dime beyond yeah. what I've already spent. Yeah. That is crazy. That sure. is absolutely crazy value. As a gamer, like, holy shit. Sure. As somebody who works in game development, I'm actually kind of scared about like this whole subscription thing because yeah. I do think you know it's it it, it absolutely uh, it, it absolutely ethgrunes the the sense of value of mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. that you know when when you hear people already saying like oh yeah maybe I, I'll check this game out one day on on you know Game Pass like I think yeah you're obviously you know as a customer you're absolutely free to do that it's within your right to do that yeah. 
I do think it will lead to certain genres or you know kinds of games well, it, maybe it's being almost less made, a, so it's almost it's, an extension of the wait for a steam sale it is it is you like it, it feels like it's like a worse version of the game sure yeah I'll just wait for it to be on games pass or I'm not gonna play I it. firmly yeah. believe that in in the future the classic box box sale will completely vanish I mean not yeah. only physically I mean also uh, digitally I, I mean think when people the, will, won't buy 60 game uh, 60 dollar games anymore in like 10 years from now when the, when the top selling games cease to be the the 60 dollar blockbuster I may, I may be a little more inclined to, to agree with you but I think that that's still if you if you have a sure shot if you're making Red Dead Two, there there's no better way to release that for return of investment, you know. This is true. So, but the question is like, in which direction is the, the gaming industry going? I mean, I, this yeah, is something yeah, where you kind of like a whole podcast. Yeah, about I think that, I think we'll talk about that in depth. But I, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I, it's weird. I, I don't I don't say it's that weird. the uh, I don't say that it's impossible. I think we both we both maybe have the same outlook on the future, but it's maybe how far out that future is. Like for TV, at least we can say that this enabled a lot of new content, like high quality uh, TV series, as an example, yeah. on Netflix and core, never seen before in that level of quality and budget and production value. But we will see yeah. how the gaming gaming industry but, will but, but still, I mean, the mo- the highest budget show that came out uh, in the last however long was from a long-standing cable provider. I mean, in Game of Thrones, like it's there. It's there, but I want to see it because, like, you look at how streaming is nowadays, where it's where I it's think the eight new streaming things coming out, and you're you're pretty much repackaging no. your cable. Yeah, I, I, I think the difference is also that. when people like always compare like to Netflix and say, oh, you know, look at at TV, you know, it worked there. Have you ever directly yeah. spent money on TV series, like the way you've bought a game directly yeah. before, like by buying a DVD box or something? Yeah. Okay. Way too much. Sure. Some like people do that, DVD? absolutely. Yeah. 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 Sure. I mean, but and and they do. They do. They absolutely budget for that. They're like, they're like, yeah. Uh, we put out our TV. Uh, then we see how much money we can make out of syndication. Then we see how much we make on the DVD. And like a lot of series that have been critically panned or cut short, like Firefly. Sure. sure. Firefly on the DVD absolutely. sales is is where that thing. You know, they were like, oh god, maybe we screwed up. Make a movie. Yeah, but see, I think that that is the big difference. You're like, like for most people, I'd argue they don't spend money directly on a TV series. Like it's always been about that service. You know, like yeah, I okay, subscribe okay, to okay, HBO, okay. whatever. Where I get you know Game of Thrones, but I get whatever else. Sopranos, God knows, I don't watch TV. Also, um, but like with games, it was always like I buy directly this game. So now it's the opposite approach. It's like yeah. I buy a service and then I see hopefully there's gonna be games that are like yeah, and, yeah, and all this also stuff. Also, Netflix is is a company which does not make money. Like right. they yeah. actually doesn't. Their business they model make, is based on make a profit. Yeah. They just make debts all the time. Yeah. That is a, a model which also works for a limited amount of time. To a point, but this doesn't apply to gaming or how, how the gaming yeah. industry works. Yeah. And I think yeah, Netflix is uh, to to like a little go a little off topic on there. I think they're really gonna feel the heat from sure. uh, from Disney, obviously, oh, yeah. Yeah. and also from Apple. Yeah. Like uh, I, so, Apple hasn't so far shown anything that I would personally want to watch, but at the same time, it's really cheap. It's like five bucks. Jason Momoa being blind. And also, uh, you know, uh, and also the thing is, you know, I will probably next year uh, get a new iPhone. There's probably going to be a lot of people who want to get a new iPhone next year and all of them get 12 months of Apple. So like they get it, they bring it to everybody's homes, right? So that is a super aggressive move as well. And that naturally, naturally, I'm the master of the natural segue into the next topic. Not if you call it out like that. I didn't say I'm humble. I said I'm a master and natural. So the, the other topic is uh, this week. Um, uh, Segways ruined. Uh, iOS 13 is coming out, and alongside that, Apple Arcade. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to say, when they first announced that, I was like, Mo- mobile gaming, right? Yeah, I was like, mobile gaming, I don't give a fuck about yeah. that. Uh, now that they've shown more, I'm actually quite interested. Yeah. Um, because, so for one, again, it's super affordable. It's five bucks. Mm-hmm. And you can, for family subscription. It's the Netflix like, of games. You can do like five bucks. Yeah, there it actually is the yeah. Netflix of games. And I'm going to get to why in a second. So it's five bucks for a family subscription. That means like five people in your family can play on their own devices and you know, with their own safe games, whatever, for five bucks. Sure. That's crazy value for like, they say they're going to have around 100 games at least. Okay. Um, where it really feels like Netflix, that almost all of these games are exclusives. Okay. So, you know, like with, yeah. uh, so like Xbox Game Pass, they just have games that you can buy a standalone or whatever. How much of these exclusives are exclusives and how much of them are timed exclusives? I don't know. They haven't talked about that. Some of that stuff. Specifically, like even, you know, I'm not saying Apple exclusive. I'm saying arcade exclusive. Like these are games that you can't download iTunes from the App Store or whatever. I get it. These are just in the subscription. So on my my Android phone, I'm not going to be playing Exit the Gungeon. They're kind of even like playing, as far as... You're you're scum if you use an Android phone. You cannot even like, if you have an iPhone but no Apple Arcade, you cannot even get the game... Separately in the Apple you Store, can't. right? You can no. only there's, get it. There's going to be, and they're definitely going to try that uh, this week. There's going to be a, fr- a first free month that everybody can try. Mm-hmm. They're really pushing it like it's going to be a separate tab in the App Store app. Yeah. And uh, what I found also very interesting is that they're directly tackling like the biggest criticism of mobile games. Mm-hmm. So none of these games uh, have any in-game uh, purchases or something like that. There's no microtransactions and stuff like that. It's all curated games that say we want to have this this high quality service of mobile games yeah. that uh, circumvent all the usual negativity associated sure. with you know, I like that, that. it's yeah. not it's not smart. free to play that's stuff it's play. not uh, so I'm really really curious that's again when they first said they're going to have a subscription I was like I don't give a fuck you know? there, there was and, not a single and, game where it was like oh yeah I want to play this but I like the notion what uh, exit the gungeon uh, there was okay. one more there was one more in there Rayman Mini looks cool Rayman Mini yeah there Frogger. is the, the crossy, right? diving game from Capcom Shinze That's, something. We, we recorded the audio in our bathtub thing. That looks good. Like, like, so yeah, I'm like, well, the iPhones I'm are waterproof, right? Um, yeah. So you can play. Bit. You could theoretically play the diving game underwater. Uh, with the with the iPhone 11. In your is. bathtub. So I had my phones fall into the bathtub on a few occasions and they always survived. So Everybody possible. was bathtub diving. So yeah. Um, Frogger's back. What's the Frogger reveal? People care about Frogger. They did it with Crossy Road. That's Frogger. That's true. I, I just found like, the whole there's, keynote. There's I watched the, like, the, the keynote. Is there a like, Puyo Puyo Fever or something as well? Puyo Puyo is alright. I can't remember. Was there was like one like uh, one of those games where everybody's like, "Wow, that's like an Apple Arcade." That's I already cool. got Puyo Puyo Tetris on Switch, so I'm good. I don't I'm just saying. So I'm that, just that saying. That I think like this events. is. Yeah. And then when the the whole like big big thing like oh and Konami's here and they show the new <laughs> game, then it's like Frogger, and then well they went all in. That was is like the, a proper E3 presentation game? for is a game that, like uh, Frogger. Apple Plus? No, that's a free to play game. Oh. Uh, that's how you do me, Konami. So yeah, I'm really curious to see how that's going to, again, for two reasons, because this really feels to me like it is the closest we've seen so far to the Netflix. Yeah. In the sense, of like, this is exclusive content that you can only get via the subscription right now, much like all of the Netflix originals. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm really curious to see, you know, in the past we've seen that even really high quality games uh, on mobile that are cost three, cost three bucks, people are like, that's too expensive. 
but then the same people are willing to spend 10 bucks microtransactions in, in shitty games. So I'm really curious to see how this is going to go for them. You know what? Yeah. I might get that. I might get that with my iPad because the thing is what I really hate about oh, yeah, mobile you can games. Also, you can also use your Xbox and PlayStation controller now with the, with the iOS. I, what? Yeah, yeah, you can now like with the new update like on your iPad, or so you can use uh, PlayStation or Xbox controllers. Oh my God, that is amazing! So there's actually oh I'm not even sure if it was sick or not right <laughs> now. Like, oh my God, so yes, uh, the, the words were excited, but the word delivery was like curation, mm. right? So usually free-to-play games fall in all to that traps. Mm. I usually also hate about mobile games, but having like a curated set of a lot of games where yeah. you know, okay, they're like you a full experience, game, whatever. Right? Maybe I find finally a mobile game I like. Maybe. I expect reports back. Marcel, why don't you give me one more news before we get out of here? One more news. What would you like to talk about? We can talk about the Steam Library. Oh, we can talk about Randy. Randy. Ooh, Randy. Okay, so... Um, oh boy. So, uh, yeah, talking like Gears of War, Gears 5 was not the only sequel to a long-running, very popular shooter franchise coming out last week. Mm-hmm. There was also Borderlands 3. Yeah. And uh, an impeachable source of... Uh, Magic. Of magic and facts, factual facts, yeah. Randy Pitchford has said that. Um, so I'm just going to quote him. Please. Fun fact on PC, the data is that the launch day peak concurrent players of Borderlands 3 is about twice as high as the all time peak concurrent players of Borderlands 2. Wow, you guys are great. Wow. So, um, so why is this noteworthy? Um, obviously, you know, there's still the idea from a lot of people that. Uh, you on Epic Games Store, nobody buys games. You just sure. go yeah. there to get paid by Tim, but you know you don't sell games actually. Yeah. But here is uh, him saying, "Let's take this apart. Like the, the all-time peak of concurrent plays in Borderlands 2, yeah. which, uh, according to my favorite source of uh, games data, uh, uh, Daniel Amat on Twitter, is uh, 124k." Uh, was yeah. so uh, twice as high so we can assume it's around 250k mm-hmm. peak mm-hmm. Uh, so people concurrently playing at the same time Borderlands 3 that seems huge you know, that seems lot. like that and, and lot, again yeah. Daniel also translated so to speak into Steam and so Daniel says if Borderlands 3 was a Steam release that would make it a top 10 game of all time by peak concurrent users on Steam Payday 2 had a similar peak so you know it's uh, it's probably fair to say it's by far by far the largest launch of a new game on yeah. the Epic well, Game Store yeah. Uh, it's probably the second biggest game on there after Fortnite. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how do you what, what do you think about that? The well, the idea that you know you can actually sell a lot of games on the Epic Game Store. It's it's interesting that that uh, that Borderlands Three is the game that did it. I mean, you'd think that you'd at least hear approaching success stories from 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 Metro, for example, or or any of the other the other kind of exclusives. Like I I I you'd, you'd figure that by now because I mean we're we're hitting December. And I know that we're hitting December because I've gotten a lot of notifications about uh, games suddenly showing up on Steam that were exclusive. So like, uh, like it's like, hey, pre-order Hades. And I'm like, can oh, I yeah. quickly say something yeah, here? By all means, Hades is a fantastic game. Very good. I absolutely play it. Hades is like it's a genre I never, normally never play. It's mm-hmm. like it's it, so it came out last year, strictly yeah. speaking. But it's my biggest gaming surprise of this year. Hades is absolutely Isn't it like fantastic. Diablo? No, it's uh, it's it's, uh, a, it's a roguelite from uh, from right. the Bastion people. Uh, no, no, it's, it's roguelite. It's a little bit like Diablo. Fantastic art design. Okay. Voice, Maybe now that music. it's coming to a real gaming platform, I can play it. Yeah, so it's a genre I normally never play. Anyway, I play not, like thirty yeah. hours or so of that game. It's fantastic. Fan of Hades, got it. So so not to not to derail. And okay. Alan Wake also. My God. Um, 
Hades coming out on Steam. A lot of those exclusives are coming out on Steam. What yeah. I would have liked to see, and maybe maybe I just they flew under the radar. Or I haven't looked. Is a little more testimonial from those developers yeah. about hey, get on Epic. Epic's the way to do it. You know, the, the the story has been good. And I know there's a lot of sentiment, so maybe they're not doing it for PR reasons or or whatever. But I would I would have figured that the first way to hear of a f- approaching Fortnite esque epic success story wouldn't be from uh, Randy Pitchford's Twitter. Which, if I was going to start a grunge band, I would absolutely name them that. Randy Pitchford's Twitter. Yeah. Ooh. So um, it's the Randy Pitchford magical Twitter experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's very magical. Mm. So um, and also no, worth noting here, you know, like most uh, most exclusives on the Epic Games Store, or if they announce it, it's for one year. Mm-hmm. A lot of games don't announce whether they're coming back or not, like Ubisoft titles. Randy's magic tricks. But uh, Randy's magic—it's only six months even. So like, in a, yeah. despite the fact that they could yeah. play on their preferred platform, Steam, in six months, clearly a lot of people are saying, "Hey, you know, I'm willing to swallow the, the pill well, of how, the how Borderlands." How, of the like, Epic are Game we Store. are we believing this? Is this a is this a well, I introduced him as an un- unimpeachable source. How are the responses to that tweet? Do they also uh, see him as unimpeachable? Uh, we can look at the first few. Yeah, just, just so hit me up with that. First reply is a, a, a picture of a fat Steven Seagal saying, do you have a single fact to back that up? <laughs> <laughs> Next question is, I can't find the Steam page. <laughs> then next guy where are the cloud saves and like nine question marks next guy on steam laughing my ass off <laughs> I love Twitter. Oh, shit. okay so I have an opinion okay. thank god <laughs> thank god I've saved the day so you said that you would have like maybe they're there I'm just saying that I yeah. haven't heard anything I think like coming from your point of view like that there would have been like a game before that which were able to strive on, on Epic Game Store yeah. as a platform, I think Borderlands 3 is an absolutely perfect game for that. And I think mm-hmm. that probably a lot of the people currently playing that game, trading that high numbers, are not old Borderlands fans. Okay. If you think about what is what is the most successful games in, game in the Epic right. Store. So you're thinking, I know it looks younger. like a cartoon, I'm going to play this. It is Fortnite. Yeah. Fortnite also heavily tied in at a lot of like marketing campaigns yeah. running for Borderlands, they had the cycles in Fortnite, etc. It is from the art style, from the kind of like, let's say, writing kind of like... There's a lot of Borderlands tie-ins in Fortnite? Yeah. Okay. Like a I told you about that. Then you, really then I told you about this. Then you puked blood for five minutes yeah. and fell into a coma. I, I, I must have forgotten that they found a way to make Fortnite worse. If you think about the target audience... Uh, people love Borderlands 2 and people who enjoy humor and writing for 12 to 14 year old teenage teenagers. <laughs> Good qualifier. Right? So you have a lot of young people in the, in the, in the uh, uh, Fortnite uh, audience, which means they resonate with that comic art style, with that kind of humor, with the kind of flashy colors, with that kind of bang bang and all, all, all that. Like that is a perfect audience to market Borderlands. Yeah. To be honest, I think most Borderlands players are above eighteen. Would be my guess. That's sad. Even nowadays, I didn't know. I we mean, were... you, you people, I didn't know you were doing bummer news. You people like you, you like Rick and Morty. That's that's your audience. I don't like Rick and Morty. Okay, good, Busty. I have a lot. I would have respect for you, but you talked about the Catherine stuff yeah. earlier, so you're 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 at a neutral now for me. Okay, let's say Fortnite players. Like we we're talking not about no, the old school I, I agree with everything fans. you said. Like I, I just yeah. like like it's like one of these things where people will say, "Oh, look, uh, Borderlands admittedly doesn't have the highest highest of highbrow humor." 
So a lot of people think it's for kids. I think most of these people are like, you know, adults, like mid-twenties or something. Sure. But I agree with everything you said. Like, if, if I think yeah. if there is a game that was really poised to, to do well with that audience, it's Borderlands. It's also yeah. obviously for them, it makes perfect sense. They probably got, got money from Tim to do this. They're also making more revenue. I'm not talking about both like from the Epic Store. It, yeah. They're also making more revenue because it's an Unreal Engine game. So this seems like the perfect marriage of, of also of people that a lot of people in the gaming community hate. So, you know, sure. It's, it's the first sure. I mean, and you'll see the kind of vocal backlash on stuff like that. I get it. Um, but just quickly to kind of to kind of put a cap on her. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you believe it? It's a long pause. Were you thinking about Butt Stallion? But old fat Steven Seagal. Yes, I believe it. All right. Okay. Interesting. I, I, honestly, I don't have a reason not to believe it. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, stuff like for that himself seems, you know, just super trustworthy. <laughs> no, I just, I just don't think that he no, would I like. Yeah. You the, don't the, have a reason to say something, you know, like yeah. make shit like that up. It's also, I think, you know, uh, being that it's published by a, a uh, publicly traded company or so, this is something you should be very careful about. Do you think that? Because uh, I remember when Bastian and I worked at a, uh, previously worked at a publicly traded company, you know, and it was an MMO and it was stuff like guys who cannot at all comment about player numbers or anything right. that could in any way relate to yeah. financial stuff. So. Uh, again, you know, fucking gearbox is publicly we know, traded. We know, no, but two K is. Oh yeah, okay. And we know, know you know, like Randy clearly sometimes says things he should not, or does things he should not, or forgets things he should not, and saves things he should not. Mm. But uh, I, I would think that you know that he's he's smart enough not to say something like that if it was just out of thin air. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely wouldn't be the kind of the guy to make controversy personally about himself and still take the yeah, stage exactly. when the game comes out, right? Exactly. So I mean, like he's. Well, I agree. Clearly, this doesn't seem to be something that, if these numbers are accurate, you know that the audience cares about. Of course not. Yeah, I mean, well, it does. It does read like a weird slap fight. But uh, either way, okay. So, yeah, believable. And I think uh, I think that 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 leads your next perfect masterful segue into getting us out of here. To play Borderlands Three, probably not. Which character are you? Uh, the... If you had to pick a Borderlands character, which character would you be? Richard? Can I fucking remember a Borderlands character? That I would be? Fuck, man. If you don't come up with something else, you would be Butt Stallion. At least Butt Stallion doesn't have to show up. So not like a, like a diamond horse statue weird thing or something? Is it a character? It's, it's, well, how a, much a does, horse is a character, Butt You of all people should know that. How much does Brick talk? Not that much. That one. Butt which character would you character, be? So I will be the cat chef. That's not that game. No, you have to land this crap-ass uh, bullshit bed with me. I can't remember a single... You can't remember a Borderlands character. Uh, I can remember two Borderlands characters I really hated. The one was Tiny Tina, and the other one was the guy with the face, who is a super annoying villain. Kinda, kinda, what was his name? Handsome Jack. Handsome Jack, oh my god. I How do I remember so more about Borderlands? And a lot of uh, weird... Uh, he strikes with kind of like little Tiny Tina Basti. Yeah, oh, I mean, no. I guess you gotta be Tiny Tina, that's the first oh, thing you no. say. Oh, Personally, no. I would aspire oh, no. to be uh, Handsome Jack, but I think there may also be a little bit of Claptrap in me, so... Oh. So, anyways, this was a reasonably a educating, entertaining, <laughs> reasonably Hatton. entertaining episode today. Thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> yeah. 
As always, if you have any comments or think that Matt should stay far away from this place where he can speak ill of our Lord and Savior Remedy, mm-hmm. um, send us an email to projectorlunchcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, you can talk to Richard at on, on Twitter at... Uh, it is at uh, Randy Pitchford Hyperdrive Flash Drive. Very good. Uh, you can talk to Basti on Twitter at... At Bastian Tuntejun. And as always, if you have any praise and think that this show is really, really good and the host handsome, you can talk to me on Twitter at com underscore Raven. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in and we uh, look forward to being listened to by you next week Thursday. We Goodbye. Been climbing the pyramid, her steps made of green. I'm